Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Hey, Brad. What's up, Adam? Oh, dude, you know, just feeling real chill. You look good, you feel good. Oh, and when you look good and you feel good, you pod good. Darn right. And what's the best way that we can pod good? Put Koi CBD in your body. So great. I'm so glad that these guys jumped on as the sponsors. CBD oil is the hottest thing in health right now. You watch the news. Every day there's a new study about how good this stuff is and the benefits of it. We're one press conference away from Trump being like, this is why (laughs) my cheeseburgers (laughs) taste so good. They've got Koi CBD oil in them. CBD, if you don't know what it is, It's not weed. That's a big misconception. It's an oil derived from an industrial hemp plant that has no psychoactive effects. So you get the medical benefits from the hemp plant without getting the high, man. It's a great natural alternative to over-the-counter and pharmaceutical drugs. Now, there's a lot of uh, uses for CBD oil, uh, creams, uh, tinctures, uh, vapes, gummies, which Koi all provides. I fuck with the gummies every morning because it starts my day off with a very relaxed, chill, meditative. uh, I just feel dialed in. There's got to be something in these gummies that also you know gives your brain an extra level of of uh coherentness is that the word well because you, you probably it makes a, you make up words you <laughs> took a gummy before you said that that's for sure and i do the same thing but i have the but i have the oils i, I just take the cbd yeah. oil i put it in my tea and then i'm, I'm good to go for You're the rest tea guy of the day now. is that is that from being married I mean, I, I I don't know what it is. I'm a, tea is great, though. I'm I'm a tea guy because it makes me feel good. And yeah. CBD oil, Koi CBD oil, makes me feel even better. They got all sorts of flavors. They got what are pe- the flavors? They got peppermint. They Oof. got lemon lime. They got blue raspberry. They got all these all these different things. They are the fruity pebbles of CBD oil. <laughs> People use it too for pain, anxiety, inflammation. My mom uses the uh, Koi uh, topical creams for yeah. arthritis, and she straight yep. up told me she's like, "I don't hurt like I hurt before." That's a great slogan. And I'm like, that is so honest and real and that's coming from a jewish mom and as you said they don't uh they don't lie. They don't lie. This stuff works so well. I'm scared to rub the lotion on me because I think it might cure my dwarfism. <laughs> and then what the fuck am I going to joke about? Well, Koi CBD, uh, all these products are manufactured in the USA with 100% natural CBD oil. Uh, it's the best tasting product on the market, as yep. we've attested to. The flavors. We've tried a bunch. People have come to us all the time. Trying to be like, yo, can we sponsor? We haven't found the one we've liked until now. And uh, they're uh, America's number one trusted CBD brand. All the products are THC, uh, THC-free. And uh, it's a family-owned and operated um, uh, company. And uh, if you want to fuck with Koi, which you should, because we do, and we can't uh, talk about how much we love their products enough, uh, the gummies, the tinctures, the creams, uh, the tinctures, the drops. Dude, I put a couple drops in before I go to bed. And it also makes it easier to drink coffee, because coffee gives me a little bit of anxiety. Now it calms me down. Um, So I love that. If you want it, go to KoiCBD.com right now. Put in promo code ABOUTLASTNIGHT, all one word, all caps, for 20% off any retail order from the website. KoiCBD.com. CBD.com promo code about last night for 20% off the order. Start feeling good. Start living good. Start looking good. Start dwarfing good. Start dwarfing good. (laughs) The official uh, dwarf uh, sponsor. Koi is the official CBD sponsor of dwarves. Can I say that? I'm pretty sure. (laughs) You've got proof. I'm I'm a dwarf. I'll bring it up at the next meeting. (laughs) And now enjoy a brand new episode of the about last night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. This week, I'll be in Los Angeles doing stand-up comedy Monday through Sunday, baby. 
Tons of L.A. shows, Comedy Store, Improv, Laugh Factory. Come see me, AdamRayComedy.com, for all the ticket dates. Brad Williams this weekend. You know he's on the road, baby. Brad is in uh, El Chico, California, at the El Rey Theater. Go see Brad Wednesday at the Chico Theater. El Rey Theater, Chico, California. I've done it. It's a great gig. Go see Brad and the good people at Chico. The El Rey, Wednesday, bradwilliamscomedy.com for tickets. Today's episode is, man, TV, stage and screen, screen and stage, movies, TV, Broadway. Richard Kind is kind of a legend. Holy shit. Um, let's see. He's won a drama desk and a Tony uh, nominee for The Big Knife. Uh, you might know him from the Amazon show Red Oaks or uh, Argo or The Visitor, The Station Agent, Bugs Life, Cars, Toy Story 3. Um, oh, I don't know, Mad About You, Spin City, did the most episodes of Spin City ever. Um, he, uh, he did a movie with me called The Bellman, which is coming out soon. You know him from Curb. Uh, you know him from um, uh, Brockmire. He's unreal. He's a legend. It's Richard Kind. This episode was so fun. We did it at my hotel uh, in New York City while I was out there doing shows. And uh, Richard is just the sweetest, funniest, most interesting, best friends with Clooney. I mean, he's just done it done it all. So everyone wants to be around him. He's a, a well-known staple in the business. And he's kind and he's hilarious. And he had great stories. One of those gabbers. You could literally get coffee. I... I, I I've got a story. Myself and George, he's a friend. Um, I mean, everyone does a Richard Kind impression. John Kite, well, we did the Bellman, had an amazing Richard Kind. You're going to fall in love with him. If you don't know him, you're going to recognize his voice. You're going to look him up and go, oh, yeah, I've seen him in literally everything. Follow Richard on Twitter at RealRichardKind, me at Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram as well. Uh, Brad Williams Comic on Instagram at Alan Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Shop AdamRay.com for all your Adam Ray merch and email the pod at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. I'm giving away tons of Adam Ray merch right now. I'm doing big giveaways. So uh, if you're a fan of the pod, you see me live, you come up and talk to me at shows, uh, you warm my heart, well, guess what? You get merch sent your way. Aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. Read the room. My album is on Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, iTunes. Go get it. Listen to it. And comment and rate the iTunes page of the podcast. Five stars. Comment. Helps us climb the charts. Of course, the podcast has a lot of great guests coming up because we're gearing up for a transition and a rebrand once we lose Bradley to fatherhood, which is not for a few more months. So we're packing in a lot of big guests. Dr. Oz, um, who you heard last week, uh, will be coming back. Adam Devine, John Stamos, Blake Griffin, J.B. Smoove, Taylor Tomlinson. So make sure you subscribe, baby. Tell your friends and your fam, okay? We got tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Richard Kind. This, uh, you gotta hold the mic the whole time. Don't you I do have that? to hold the whole yeah, the whole thing. Yes, it. except I might start singing "Fly Me to the Moon." <laughs> um, 
So uh, uh, I, I worked with John Mulaney recently, and he, and he does this thing. It's for like a kid's show, and he interviews the actors yeah. afterwards. That I, I, I don't know where it's going to go, but anyway, he says, what are you most afraid of? And I'm thinking, oh, well, what am I? And I, I hate talking one-on-one to people. You do? I get so nervous that we're going to run out of conversation. No, you're, ner- you're- I understand <laughs> I am the least person eligible for worrying about talking, but I do. I am, get scared on dates that I will not be able to hold, you know, that, that we're going to run out of things to say. I don't know. It's like I remember going on a date once and made a list of things I want to talk about. Yeah. I got worried. But with another person there to feed off of, then it's easier. Three is better. Yeah, three is easier. I like easier. three. And you say you have a co-host. A co-host. Yeah. And Brad, so, he's a little pro- Check under the table. He might be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but wait, so. Wait, I- what's that wiggling in my pocket? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's your co-host. <laughs> Okay, I, I mean, I've never even met him, and still I can make horrible jokes. You can't. About no, he's the best about. He's about to have a uh, child, actually, and there's a fifty percent chance that it might be a little person. Okay. He he cares uh, neither uh, one way or the other. Well, I happy... happen to be friends with uh, Peter Dinklage. No way. Whose family is not just of the typical height. I, I guess I don't know whether there's a political. He calls them, uh, I think, normies or regular regulars. Is, is that it? what they are? That's what he okay, says. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll Re- say oh, no, that. he calls them reachers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm dear friends with his brother, wow. Jonathan, who is, by the way, a brilliant uh, musician, but of normal built like like you. His yeah. father was very tall. Everybody in the family is. And uh, Peter wouldn't have a career if he were born normally. Yeah. So thank you. know. I uh, know. Right. So, you know, thank God. To thank talk God. About turning a pimple into a beauty mark. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, he's... Uh, well, yes. I'm a, I mean, so the way we met, first of all, if you're going to meet any one of your heroes, God, let it be in Tucson, Arizona. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you and me? Yeah. I'm one of your heroes? Yeah. I'm out of here. Because, <laughs> because that's, Get a new that's ridiculous. Well, okay. I, think, I mean, look, it was... Uh, I know that work, you've been acting not only stage, screen, TV, like, it's pretty... I don't know how often you step back to think like, wow, I have gotten to do at the highest level in every facet of this business. There's for- nobody luckier than me. Whole business. You think about that. Oh, I thank God every day. I, I say I'm the smuckers of acting with a face like this. I'd better be good. Um, it's just people who look like me. The smuckers of acting is that the jam? Smuckers? Yeah, you mean you know with, with well, the you know what makes me think of Smuckers is when Willard Scott used to uh, do the uh, yes, happy the, the, birthdays. Yes, yes, for by, by Smuckers. Well, yeah. the, the the slogan was with a, with a name like Smuckers, we better be good. Yeah, I think my with a face like this, I'd better be good because it's a it's a telegenic uh, form of communication. There are reasons why pretty people are famous or or they are stars yeah. is because you want to look like them. It is pleasing to look at them. Maybe they have something in their eyes that is... To be a star, when you, when you look at people like Catherine Hepburn or, or your boy Clooney. Fords or Clooney, they are great-looking people who can act and who have something that they rise above the normal person. They call it charisma. I have no idea how to put it, put my finger on it. But um, and I'm just the schlub who uh, overacts and can be funny and, <laughs> and reacts good. Okay. I mean, overacts. That w- did you? You obviously Second City, but like was was Richard Kind always? Because 
also, you know, I uh, Henry Winkler is regarded as one of like the nicest guys in Hollywood, and I'm nicest like, dude, guy. I would yeah. put you right in that same boat of nice, well loved. Everyone's got a Richard Kind story. Everyone, you know, I've now been fortunate enough to be in this business a, a minute to know a lot of cool people, uh-huh. and all of them either know you have a story or. Um, uh, I just told you a story about my prostate. <laughs> I, I, Your prostate's I, the one who told me he had a story about you. No. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, everyone is like, oh, God, like, you know, Jason Robert Brown, we were talking about it, and he was just like, God, oh, Richard Kind, the bet, you know, it's. Um, it's very nice. You I, know, uh, I am a nice guy until I'm not a nice guy. Uh, everything like that. Things I'm bug you like everybody about. else, but I feel I, like. I actually do like people. Yeah. And you want to know something else. You have to if really... you're in this business, right? More or less. What'd you say? You have to if you're in this business, more or less. I mean, you can keep to yourself on set, but if, no, you're, if you I, like I, people I, and you're chumming it up like you do, I feel like I you're going to get further. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I, but you hear stories about what a jerk, what an asshole, but if they're famous or good looking or talented, they'll work still. They're, they're going to work. Yeah. You know, nobody knows. Uh, all they do is see the product. Yeah. You know, the, 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 and, and nobody goes to the theater and says, wow, I'd really like to see this movie because the lead is a very nice guy. They want to go because <laughs> they happen to like the actor. And, right. the, the, and there, there are some schmucks in this business. There just are. Um, and then there's schmucks who uh, are, uh, you know, who are good at acting. And then they, they, they work. I, I'm always shocked when I hear people don't like me. Oh, did I get in a fight the other day? Yes. Oh my God! Not about the business. I, it was um, hot take. I uh, I was in, in New York. If you can get a parking space, it's really great. And in my neighborhood, I saw a parking space. I had just landed from LA. It's like five o'clock. I'm exhausted. I want to see my kids. And by chance, as I'm turning the corner, my daughter is in the car. Or, or, or is, is crossing the, the street. I say, Sky, Sky, and I get her in the car. Okay. We turn left, and as I'm going up the street, somebody's pulling out. I try and pull in, but there's a car. This is a long story, uh, but but it's uh, I can't make I can't parallel park. I can't pull in, so I go oh god, and I and I'm get I get out of the car and I scream at this car to back up so I can parallel park. They didn't understand. Some guy behind thinks I'm yelling at him. Oh shit! So I say, Sky, I'll go around the block again. I'm holding up traffic. Stand in the space, and I'll go come around. Takes forever to come around. Takes about seven minutes. That's forever. This is a good story. I come, <laughs> I come around the block. My daughter is gone. There's a car in the spot. Uh oh. I, the, the 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 car that prevented me from parallel parking is gone. So I'm I'm in that spot, and I get out and I go, and I'm screaming, Sky, Sky, thinking that that that, that she's around. A guy comes up. He goes, she went home. I go, what? He goes, yeah, she called us assholes and walked home. My daughter does not curse. We do not curse in our house. This is terrible. Do you have a swear jar? No. They, no. they, they, they just don't curse. Yeah, they're good kids. My, 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 my kids don't curse. Yeah. Uh, we, we, just, we don't even say the word fart in our home. We say fluff. It's pathetic. I love, but, but it's, <laughs> I love but, it. It's adorable. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it helps. It's, it's because I think the world is dirty enough. Yeah. It's so easy not to curse. Yeah. Reason not to curse. They're going to curse. But let it come out of anger. My Aunt Shirley, she's 92. She says, I only swear when I'm by myself or if I drop something. Right. So I told her, I go, oh, you mean like, fuck, the potato salad. She goes, you know I don't eat pasta. (laughs) 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 That's fantastic. Yeah. That's somebody who, oh, that's just She gets it, yeah. That's great. Anyway, so so I look at the guy, and he's a fairly well-built guy. Looks like he's from from the Bronx or, or, you know, something like that. Uh, and and I and I go. What, what, I, he goes. Yeah, this is my car. 
And I go, w w w wait, hold on. You, you saw that I was pulling in. He goes, first of all, I know you. I know who you are. We talked years ago. I'm well aware of who you are. A person who does cannot stand in the parking space and, and reserve the spot. I go, you saw that I was holding up traffic. I did the right thing. I go, listen, sir, I'm not going to get into some sort of physical altercation over a parking spot. Plus, God's honest truth, you'll take me in one hit. Plus, I can't, aff I can't afford to do it yeah. to my body. Yeah. Okay. He's the moneymaker. However, I will appeal to your humanity. You saw that I was trying to get into the spot. I couldn't do it. Rather than holding up traffic, I went around the block. I had my daughter stay there. And, uh, and then this is it. He goes, okay, I understand. Let me tell you something. You were disrespectful to my wife. I said, what? She go, he goes, yes. You were recently disrespectful. I go, recently disrespectful. Honest to God, sir, I'm rarely disrespectful to anyone. Yeah, and you said this while putting him in a headlock, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I said, I, I never, never disrespectful. No. You give benefit of the doubt. You're sweet. You're kind. So every you're Monday and, and Thursday between 11 and 1230 or Tuesday and Friday between 11 or 1230, you have alternate side parking so that they can clean the yes. streets. <clears throat> I uh, partake in that. And so you wait in the car, and then, you know, you, you, you put your car back on the street. Now, I said to him, sir, how many people do you know when you come by and you see a parking spot, a car that takes up a space and a half? And he smiled, and I go, when I, or, or, on alternate sides, I try and consolidate all the cars, and I go, sir, you can move up. You don't need eight feet between you. You need three or four feet, and you'll pull out. You're not going to get hurt. The car's not going to get bumped. I try and get people to move up. He smiled. He knew exactly what I was talking about, and that's what I did with his wife. Yes. I said, move it up, move it up. You can. You got plenty of space, move it up. She thought, I, and she didn't do it, and, and I went, okay. All right, she considered that disrespectful. He laughed. I then apologized to his wife, who was there, and said, I would never be disrespectful. I said, I didn't try and explain to her. Yeah. He goes, sir, I'm going to get out of the spot. And I go, I wouldn't do this except that I just got in from Kennedy Airport. I haven't seen my kids in 12 days. I got a spot. I want to go see them. He pulled out of the spot, and, uh, and, wow. and it, was, it was fine. But I said, where's my daughter? He goes, she crossed her arms. Oh, because he was like backing into the spot while she was standing there. And she had her arms crossed. And he kept backing up. And she goes, assholes. <laughs> now, do I feel proud that my daughter did that, yes. defended it? And then she, she just walked off. She was so humiliated. Or do I say, and which I did, I said, Sky, you don't call somebody an asshole. What you do is you pretend that you've just called him an asshole. He says to you, what did you say? And she said, I called you an asshole. He goes, why did you call me an asshole? She goes, because I was standing. You start the conversation at the word because. Skip every sentence that led up to that and then say, because my dad was trying to get in the spot, he couldn't do it, had to go around so that the traffic could get through. That's where you start. You don't start with the word asshole. So there, there you go. How often do you, you, you find yourself... Uh, in, in a fight? Never. <laughs> is, uh, and do you take the same... If I ever cross anybody, doesn't matter who it is, and they start a fight, here you go, sir. It's all yours. It's all yours. You know why? Because one time I heard a story. It could have been apocryphal. This brilliant 
a heart surgeon or brain surgeon, was crossing the street. A cab cut him off, and he slammed the ca- the back of the cab yep. with his hand. Yep. The cab driver got out, punched him, and he happened to land on the curb and uh, went into a coma and died because he hit the curb in just the wrong way. Okay? That's what I fear. My life is filled with that fear that somebody is going to hit me and I'm going to hit the curb in a wrong way. If you want the the synopsis of my life, that is my fear. Wow. I'm going to hit a curb at the wrong angle. So you try to just give benefit of the doubt, just kind of like, and it's not even being a pushover. It's just checking in with yourself and going, is it worth it? It's just not worth it. No. It's just not worth now, it. Now, where do you and learn this from? Do you, does Clooney like run a seminar on how to be calm, cool, and collective and Clooney? I know By the way, the four C's, if he doesn't run that seminar... Calm, cool, collective, and Clooney. How to be yes. your best self. Yes, and charismatic. Five C's. You want to pitch it to him? Yes. You get him on the yes. phone? Yes, and, um, and uh, um, charitable. Six C's. I have other <laughs> friends in my life that are, you know, I hate talking about George. Why? Because he gets his own publicity. Fair That's enough. the first thing. Can I leave? The, the second thing is, what does it do? For him or really for me, the only thing I can do is say something bad about him by saying something about him. Yes. And he'll go, why the fuck did you tell tell that? I could say, well, he's got the biggest cock in the world. And he might say, well, hey, thanks for that. But he could also say, the fuck are you telling people yeah. I got the biggest yeah, cock in the world? No, I don't know whether he does. For sure. Uh, well, we've seen no, the, not for sure. We've seen I, the do know, yeah. I do know the size of his cock. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, let's stop if talking about an, George. If you've seen an espresso commercial, you can tell through the pants. Of, of course. Yeah. Um, or how dark he likes his coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a matter of the size of his cock. Did uh, <laughs> did you, uh, you grew up in, out here, Jer- Jersey, right? I grew up in Yardley, Pennsylvania. Well, born Pe- in Trenton, okay. Yardley, Pennsylvania. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I'm so from, from Pennsylvania. Did this type of a... When you say you look back and you you consider yourself the luckiest person, luckiest person did this ever. career was there a um, a chunk of this that you fantasized about? Were you just like, oh, being on TV would be great? No, no, no. I wanted to be much bigger. I wanted to be a much bigger star. This is a huge. But you disappointment. are a star. Well, I'm not. You're very kind. You like me. Oh man, I am not Everybody, a star. But it's also. I, I mean, I guess success is. I wanted rel- to be a big old. Well, okay, what did you want to be as a kid? I wanted to be a whole. Who was yeah, your? Uh, I, I wanted to be. Um, uh, well, I got in trouble with this once, but I wanted to be Zero Mostel. I wanted to be Robert Preston. I wanted to be Woody Allen. Mm. And uh, that's what I wanted to be. I mean, there, there's that cliche, I'm not a, I'm not an actor, I'm a movie star. Uh, you know, Peter O'Toole said that. It wasn't until 20, 20 years into my career that I realized I want to be a, an actor. And, and I want to actually want to be good. I really just wanted fame. Anybody who enters this business for fame and money, they're an idiot. They're just an idiot. Which, by the way, is probably more than the Oh, it's everybody, especially of- now with YouTube and everything like that. They want fame. Yeah. Oh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot if you want, if you want all that. It's just, it's not, not only is it hard to achieve, it is the emptiest thing in the world. Uh, um, I, I joke, I go, I go into a bank. You walk into a bank and there's all this money locked behind that closet. And the manager of the bank comes out, oh my God, I love you. I think you're great. You are so funny. You're such a good actor. And I go, well, I know you have money back there. I, I, if you, I'd love some of it. Yeah. Please give me some of it. And he'll go, you know, I can't, but would you like a pen? And that's what you get. That's what fame is all about. Fame is all about you get free pens. 
You get free That's pens. all you get. So much money to be had, and all you get are free pens. That's fame. <laughs> Not talent. Talent will get you money in the bank. Sure. But fame gets you a free pen. That's all it gets you. Did you have, okay, so you wanted to be famous. And before, what, what was your plan of attack to do that? Uh, Second City? What was the first thing that was no, 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 no. acting uh, class? You tell, you, you tell your parents this. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. Do you know at a young age? Yeah, I used to go to Broadway shows with my grandparents, okay. and uh, and I would see all those people, and I was I was enamored of them. And of course, <laughs> if you want to know why I'm so loud, and especially why I'm so loud as an actor, is when I was in uh, in doing plays in high school, uh, my grandmother used to say, "You were the best." I heard every word, every word. You were so loud. You were so clear. Diction was great. I, it was great. I thought acting was volume. I swear to God. Well, yeah, in high school especially, right? Because you're doing yeah. theater and you're and big. everybody else is so shy, and you know they're they're, they're you know they, they they can't do the roles or or whatever. I made sure that everybody could hear. That was the, that was the thing. For a while, I thought that acting was not just volume, but they could see your face. You know, face forward. Don't yeah. don't turn upstage. Don't turn to the side. Let them see your face. Wow. Well, it's not. It just isn't. As a matter of fact, I love doing theater where I where you can't see my face. Where 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 it's uncomfortable. Where where I don't don't face forward. Yeah. Like that. Um, so you got that bug from seeing the live. And, and I did. I was did. also just like being in the audience and and seeing the give and take between the. I loved. You it. loved I all that. Did I yeah. did? And and my my grandmother would take us to. Uh, um, Leonard Bernstein's Young People's Concert, which I, you may be too young to have remembered that, but on CBS they had Leonard Bernstein who would narrate uh, uh, concerts and play classical music to make it accessible for kids. And we used to go live to the tapings. Jesus. I thought my grandmother was friends with Leonard Bernstein. That's, that's how I pictured it all. And I thought it was pretty cool that, uh, that these people, and by being in their presence, I thought that they knew them for some reason. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, was it comedy specific? Because obviously, you know, you, you're now known as a great actor, but but comedy truly has that's become a great question. I mean, everybody asked, "Do you want to? Uh, do, which do you like better, doing comedy?" Blah, blah, blah. You're not, I, you don't necessarily I, I, have I, a choice I, when you're starting out, do you? Right, you're right, very much the so. Business kind of picks it, it for you. It was my go-to. I was a funny guy. You were, and so why not go to the comedy? Uh, what but, would you but, do? But when I was at Northwestern, I you know I did all sorts of stuff. Even though I was a pre-law major, because that's what I was supposed to go do. Wow. Um, I did all the plays and everything like that. And I was in the Crucible, and so the Crucible is a deeply heavy play. I love doing the Crucible. I liked acting. I think that's one thing I did find out. Um, I think I wanted to be a star, but I think I loved being on stage. Um, I think that if I I think that if I could have found the courage. Sorry, sorry. Keep talking. Who is it? Who's 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 interrupting? And maybe they are Nobody's they interrupting. Are I'm they live? To, no, I'm trying to take video. So keep talking. Oh, uh, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, I think that if I had the courage to do stand up, I might have been pretty good. And yet, when I see these stand ups, when I when I see like you, I, oh my God, you're so facile. I'm not that facile. I'm not that funny. I'm reactive. I'm a reactive. You, you know how they say, "Where are you from?" I can do that, but really, writing incisive, good material is just so difficult. It's just, you know. I yeah. mean, they they all say write a good ten minutes. Takes a year to write a good ten sure. minutes sometimes. Uh, and I don't think I'm that funny. 
I, I remember as a kid, and I, I look back, it's the only joke I remember writing as a kid is uh, Steve Allen. I said, is, 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 your, is it Steve or is it Allen? Which, which, that to me was funny. <laughs> and it's, of course, it's the worst joke of all time. It's just awful. There's worse jokes. One of my 10-year-old nieces at, told me a joke, what's a taco's favorite dance, the salsa. Is that right? That's right, fucking, right. That pretty terrible. Did she write that joke? She's 10. No, she probably got off the internet. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you wrote yeah, that joke. But I, but I wrote that. That's what I wrote. And what were you doing as a kid that. to be funny? Were you doing impressions? Were you doing... I was a fat kid. Me too. Were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. What? Uh, and, and it really had... I think that had an effect on me and... You became funny out of the... What? The... Uh, for my, me, it was not... Okay, you really want to know? Yes. My best friend at camp was a guy named Danny Baum. Okay, Danny Baum became a very great writer of, uh, of nonfiction... And he wrote for the New Yorker, uh, but Danny, when we were kids at camp, he was a fat kid too, and he taught me how to laugh at myself before other people laughed at me. That Does that make sense? The, well, that's one of the best tools I think you can learn as a kid because the kids are so ruthless right. and unaware of the teasing that is going on and that mm-hmm. they're throwing. So if you can start to take it, laugh with it instead of taking it personal, because a lot it's, of kids don't even know what they're saying or. <clears throat> how destructive right, right, it is. Right. Yeah, it's it. They can be horrible. Wow, he but, taught you this at what age? This is fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Wow. Yeah, he was great. He was great to me, and then he lost weight, and uh, you know, he, I remember he did Harold Hill in the Music Man, and then my goal was always to do Harold Hill anyway. But then he started talking about guys and dolls, and you know, uh, doing Nathan Detroit, and uh, we 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 would talk about stuff like that, and. Uh, uh, and he lost weight. I didn't, but and he 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 found me funny. I used to, I, you know how when you're a kid, you you say things at the time, and they last about six or eight months, and then you lose that, and you pick up something else. Well, at the time, I remember going. I used to say, "Oh my gosh!" Like that. And he used to find that so funny, <laughs> and he was he just gave me a sense of confidence. He is now, like I said, he's a, he's a writer. He now is saddled with a brain tumor mm. and has, is living with the most wonderful, his wife has the most wonderful daughter um, uh, who's just great. And she, and he taught her, she, 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 she works for human rights. And she, he's, he's a great, great man. And he now lives in Colorado and still writes, I believe, and his wife is was a brilliant writer and edited a lot of the stuff that he did. In any case, they live a bark-eating life. Like, they live very naturally. But he was, he's just a great guy. He's so you, great. You learned early on to let your guard down and kind of not take by, things so by seriously. And yes, be, I, think, I think I did. And so that probably definitely just kind of opened up your zest for life and probably to find the funny and stuff. But it also, th- there were people, like, my parents belonged to a country club. Country clubs can be, that I knew was vicious. And there are certain hierarchies at the country club. Yeah. And I wanted to impress those people, so I became funny, and I was very well liked. And now that I'm an actor and, and you know, and I was funny, I'm really well liked. Oh, yeah. Because I'm famous. Yeah. And, you know, they... They, they, you, they want I you at the club. Yeah, well, I'm not there anymore, but, I mean, some of those people who are, there are a lot of them are dead now, but they... Uh, here's something that I did. This is the most pathetic thing in the world. This is absolutely awful. I used to get the giggles. 
and I'm doing my bar mitzvah portion, practicing my bar mitzvah portion, and I would get the giggles. Even practicing with the cantor, I would get the, the giggles. And when I would do the speech, I would get the giggle. And I would write the people that I wanted to impress, that I had a chip on my shoulder about. I would write their names in the margins. And this is who, Stephanie Cantor. And uh, Alan Eden, Rosenbaum said I couldn't do the Via Hafta. I'm going to show yeah, this motherfucker. Yeah, I'll show that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And, but Mark Chandler, who is now a very dear friend of mine, and uh, Edie and Arnie Gordon, I would write their name because he was president of the club, and I wrote their names so that I could impress them. Isn't that pathetic? I mean, yeah, Yes, I don't but know. it's funny what drives you. Yeah, it, that's what I was just going to say. Like, there's no, especially in this business and in life, like, whatever, if you're not hurting anybody, and you're not hurting yourself, whatever you need to use to get motivated or That's to right. get one foot in front of the other to try to achieve what you're, what you're trying to do, God bless you, man. Not like, only that, to excel. Yes. And I try and teach my kid. You know, I'll be walking down the street and I'm too loud or something like that, and my kids will go, shh, daddy, daddy. And, you know, I'm embarrassing them. You know what? Although I don't say it in these words, but I'll say it here. Yeah. Fuck the other people. Yeah. I don't care about the other people. I'm trying. I'm talking to you. I want you to be entertained. I want you to get the lesson or hear what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. I don't care that other people are listening. My kids do. And I'm, I hope they grow up not to worry about what others are thinking of. Them. Oh yeah, well they're all in that age range where they're just Oh yes, yes, yes. Like you're like they know that you're a cool dad, but they're also you're also dad. Oh, so I'm, it's like I mortify yeah. I I mortify them. Yes. I mean truly if I have to That's go That's unavoidable in, as a parent, I think. Right? It, it is. To not be that role for them at that age. I know yes. for my mom when it was just her and I from 15 to 18, it was like I was going to that time as a young man where it was like you know, at 16, 17, I was like, I can drive now. I'm figuring it out. I make out with girls, mom. You know, but can you wash my basketball jersey and make my lunch? But then give me some space, you know? Absolutely. And I, said, I'm disposable. Yeah. I truly am. I was at their school the other day. You know, it's it's uh, there, there was like parent-teacher stuff or anything like that. And I'm in the lobby. And my daughter comes in and not even a hello. But I say hello to her. I go, I sky. And she goes, I'm late for class. I'm late for. I mean, she was as rude as a person could possibly, and everybody around was laughing because they've seen it with other people. Oh, yeah. But she just dissed me. She couldn't <laughs> she care say? less. Oh, she just kind of turned away and ignored ju- 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 Just dad, dad, ugh, dad. I and she just went. She just bypassed me. Wow. Bypassed me. I was nothing. What's worse? Uh, what, yes, go What's ahead. worse? Having your kid diss you live in public in front of her friends right. or take me back to your early days of auditioning when you thought you crushed something and you get the feedback where they're like, dude, Richard, I don't know what you were thinking in there. Or did you not even get that? If I got something like that and I liked my performance, I swear to God I could sometimes say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Whoa. Yeah, but I'm not there. It sounds like I'm confident. I'm not, but I have a huge ego, but I have it's no It's a healthy confidence. mindset, though, it's, and especially you need to do that in this business. Again, like the amount of rejection you can't succumb to, it's like- Well, how many audiences do you perform at where you're giving them their best, you know it works, and they're just yeah. not there? Sure, it happens. And, and uh, you know, I've heard it said, well, you can't blame the audience. No. Every once in a while, <laughs> yeah. you can blame the audience. I, I think chunks, This stuff yeah. works. This is funny. Sometimes it's, collectively, it's what I do. a group of people will come in and they all decide to come that night and they all collectively don't have the energy or the audible awareness to kind of 
have a good time at the highest level and laugh. Right. You know what I'm saying? That can happen. There's so many people in the world. Sometimes you can get a, a collection of 300 people that, that are all just like, yeah, I'm going to have a pretty good time tonight, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think my laughs. I'm going to kind of just internalize well, it. Well, not- I'm going to admit something about you. Yeah. My son has heard me laugh. I have a very, very good laugh. You do? I do. Makes people feel good. And I And my son would be embarrassed because I'm so loud. But he's went to the comedy. We saw you the other night. Yes. We went, we, uh, Which was amazing. His first, it's his first comedy club. Uh, he's 14 years old. And he almost didn't want to go because he was afraid that I would be ever And I said, Max, you are going to hear me laugh loud because uh, I am of the belief that if you find it funny, laugh. And if you find it very funny, laugh loud. Today's episode of the About Last Night podcast is brought to you by Koi CBD. Ooh, CBD oil, baby. Feeling relaxed just hearing me talk about it, aren't you? If you don't know what CBD oil is, don't feel like a dum-dum. Adam's here to tell you. CBD is an oil derived from industrial hemp and has no psychoactive effects, man. So you can get the medical benefits, okay, from the hemp plant without getting high. There's no weed. You're not going to get paranoid. It's a great natural alternative to over-the-counter and pharmaceutical drugs. People use CBD oil uh, for pain, depression, anxiety, stress, inflammation. Uh, New benefits are being discovered for CBD oil all the time. My mom uses the topical cream from Koi CBD, and uh, it's helped immensely, uh, which is big time because she's been having a a tough time with arthritis and finding uh, a solution. And Koi CBD is stepping up to the plate with their topical creams. They've got uh, uh, tincture uh, droplets, uh, vape pens, edibles, pet products for your uh, for your dogs and cats to chi- to chill out. Come on, it's a stressful life being a cat and a dog. You want to chill out? Get some Koi CBD treats. They got topical products and more. All their products are manufactured in the USA with 100% natural CBD oil. It's a family owned and operated company, and it truly is the best tasting CBD products on the market. I feel like left and right, uh, people are approaching me after shows, uh, just being in the comedy business because comedy and and uh, you know CBD kind of go hand in hand. Uh, it's great stress reliever for our world. Uh, the Koi CBD gummies I fuck with daily because uh, it puts me in a zen state before I start my day and at night kind of relaxes me and, and helps me sleep better, quite honestly. It's America's number one trusted CBD brand. All the Koi CBD products are THC free uh, and there's a guaranteed purity, safety, and consistency level in all of their products. They're the best tasting CBD products on the market. Again, I've tried so many. Um, the amount of people that have you know been like, try these pens, we got these flavors and these, you know, you can put, it's strawberry, Root beer foot. Like, shut, shut up, man. No, I'm going with Koi CBD because they got the most shit and the best tasting shit. And quite honestly, um, it's made me feel the best at any of the products I've tried. And that's why they're America's number one trusted CBD brand. So if you want to get your stress relief on, your relaxation going, and start living a better, healthier life, get rid of that depression, anxiety, stress, and just start feeling better, then, uh, then, then get hooked up with Koi CBD, okay? Head on over right now. To KoiCBD.com, that's K-O-I-C-B-D.com, and enter promo code about last night for 20% off any retail order from the website. That's Koi, K-O-I-C-B-D.com, uh, promo code about last night for 20% off any retail order from the website. Gummies, tinctures, pens, creams, they got it all. I'm telling you, they're the shit. And, uh, and Brad and I couldn't love them more. Who knows? They might fucking make Brad grow, which would ruin his act, but but uh, would help them reach the Cocoa Puffs on the top shelf. 
and because uh, you were worried as well. You told me afterwards. You're like, look, I oh, know yeah. you're uh, you're funny, but this is like a different beast. And- yes, but I was so taken by your talent and facility. There were times I could only look at you, and admire, and didn't laugh even though some of the funny things i did not take my own advice sometimes right uh and and happily the audience was pretty great yeah. and they took up the slack right but by the way and your mother's listens to this yeah. there were times when your mother's like on the phone or they're talking uh, do you want that burger are you gonna eat and i'm just going uh and i can't look over and go come on Come on! Could, she's, she's been to too many now, and her her show etiquette needs some work. I swear to God, it does. She, but she's the loveliest. She's like, I made you. I can fucking, <laughs> I can listen or not listen. Yeah, you know? but it, but it's the truth. But yeah. it's like, will you be eating that? <laughs> I got. And she was on her phone. And I know. It killed me. It I know. Killed me. And I can. And I am the type to say, excuse me, because but I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't going to. Because I knew she was your mom. You said something beautiful to me on the way out too, which is like, what? this to me is like quintessential. You and again, just having like awareness and always. I love also. And this is what one thing I loved about when we started hanging out in Tucson doing the Bellman, right? Coming to uh, coming to a streaming service soon. Um, <laughs> that uh, that that you're always just willing to play and willing to jump in the bit boat and 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 you know comfortable around. You know, it's it's nice to know when you feel comfortable with somebody enough to where they can play with you. And it, and the show's out, and I'm standing in the lobby, and people are coming up and saying some sweet things, and. You just immediately choose to take the angle of you walk by me and you go, oh, and go yeah, good yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And you you're, you're very good. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, good show. Like yeah. almost like Well, I know. Well, a rude look, New Yorker, you bought like- me drinks, you got me the tickets, <laughs> you let my son in, and I, and you just exhausted yourself yeah. Yeah. performing because when you when you must be it's it's shocking how physical, even though it's not physical, you are vocal energy and a lot of just yeah. you, you gotta be up. You gotta be up and you've got to be focused. Yeah. Um and so the only thing I could do was, was <laughs> well, it made was, me was so happy that. because I was like, "That's I love that." Like, and I'm and you to even say anything nice, because it's like I don't I don't need. It's nice to get a from somebody that has never seen you before. Yeah, like a, this is you know, but and you were you know the appropriate amount of of um, of complimentary things. But oh, that to me yeah. was so funny that you did that right out of the gate, and I'm like, "That's why you are who you are," and people <laughs> like to be around you that you did that. And it but made me, I also get away with. Because I'm a nice person. Yes. Like I, going back yes. to Your like I'm right. a, a nice guy. I do you think that's you, why you know. you've gotten also to like some of these jobs? Like so. because I'm nice. Sure, I don't think so. And for the I once should, you get in, there, I should though. be working so much because I'm a lot of fun to have on the set. Yeah, and I'm okay. I'm pretty good. I don't know. Look, I work all the time, all the time, all yes. the time. But you know, I should I, I should be getting. St- well, I, I don't want to talk there. Sure, but but yes, Spin I, City was the first job, right? Oh my God, what are you fucking kidding me? No. Oh my God, no. No. So okay, take me take me a second city first. So you leave, you you. I I gave my I gave my uh, uh my notice. I think in January, and I didn't leave until September. I was so scared about going out to L.A. I went out to L.A. in September. In October, I got a series. Wow. So it was it was about a month and a half. Wow! I got a series called Unsub. What? Unsub. <laughs> okay, and I will explain. This is a fairly interesting story. Unsub was was a a show 
that whenever I see uh, Peter, oh, I can't remember his last name, and he's such a good guy. He used to run Cannell, uh, uh, who who did A Team and and uh, Simon and Simon and all those. Sure. A guy named Stephen Cannell or Cannell, who is the way to pr- pronounce it. Right. Um, and he and Peter, when he sees me, he now runs Warner Brothers. Uh, and whenever he sees me, he goes, "Rich, we were the first, and we were." All these procedurals, they all it was preceded twenty years prior by a show called Unsub, which was short for Unknown Subject. That's what the FBI calls serial killers. And we did, it was this gruesome, horrible show. First episode was a cobbler who used to put razor blades into the heels of women's shoes. Jesus. They would get into the shoes, bend over in pain, and he would stab them in the back of the neck with an awl, A-W-L. That was the first episode. So these were serial killers. Well, nowadays, you see these things all the time. Yeah, We were the first. The origin of the show. Uh, two guys who went on, one of the, uh, they went on to, to uh, the, the brilliant guys, like Cronish, Steve Cronish, and I can't remember the other guy, uh, had created, uh, worked on a show that, that um, oh, I'm so old. Anyway, he did this great <laughs> show, that the kind of, but it was a dark show. Yeah. And they were doing the show in in Vancouver, and they create this other show called Unsub, which was based on the uh, department of the FBI that Jodie Foster worked for in Silence of the Lambs, okay? It was based on on that, and Manhunter and stuff like that. They create this show that's gruesome and horrible. They take it to Cannell. Cannell goes, this is great. He takes it to Brandon Tartikoff. Yeah. Okay. To run NBC, right? Right. And Brandon Tartikoff thinks he's got another A team. Oh, this department that's going to chase serial killers from the FBI. Oh, who's going to have the uh, Mr. T haircut? And uh, <laughs> he says, yes, we do the first episode, uh, or we, we, we do about a couple of them. Uh, they show the first episode to uh, Brandon Tartikoff the day after Geraldo Rivera did this thing. On witch, on witches, or dark, dark, dark secrets of, of witchcraft, or something. Yeah. And the critics all said, "This is the low point of TV." And Brandon Tartikoff is being ripped a new asshole by these critics of like, "This is a new low." And uh, they, 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 they show him this thing, and here's this guy with a razor blade in the heel, and he's and he literally halfway through stands up while the thing is going what the fuck are you doing you're trying to take down this network single-handedly at which point cannell knew it was 11 and out we were supposed to do 11 shows so that got canceled so and that was a drama and what i wanted to do was i knew that i would get work because i'm in from second city i knew i'd get a comedy i wanted to do a drama so I get, uh, I do a drama, okay? So 11 shows, boom, we're out. Then I do an episode of a show with Richard Lewis and Jamie Lee Curtis called Anything But Love. I made a splash a on that show. The woman who was casting the Carol Burnett, the new Carol Burnett show, yeah. uh, sees me. She says, I'm great. I go in, I audition for Carol Burnett, who was the greatest. Oh my God, she was great. I get hired for that show. That's two and a half years. That's called Carol and Company. Uh, that gets canceled because of various friends of Carol Burnett saying, what are you doing this for? Yeah, it, it, this is so cheap. And anyway, it wasn't. It was a great show. And then uh, and then I get um, Spin City. I think I get Spin City after that. No, I'm sorry, not Spin. What am I talking about? Mad, I got mad about mad you. Mad about you. I got mad about you. 
I have the biggest shows on on the planet uh, right. in and that heyday of sitcoms. Right, and I get let go after the first year for whatever reason. I'm not going to go into it, but I get let go after the first year. I auditioned. I get Spin City, and that's when it was. So I, I had had three or four series before then. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you do, do you think everything? Every opportunity Actually, leads to Actually, I think the I had two in between that. One was called um, uh, Blue Skies, and then they canceled that, kept the same cast, and uh, added Corbin Burnson, mm. got rid of the leads, and, and used Corbin Burnson, and it was called A Whole New Ball Game. So we did 13 episodes of one, got canceled uh, in December, and in February, the same writers wrote this thing called A Whole New Ball Game. So I did two series in one season with the same cast. Jesus. Crazy. How much uh, did you just have when you got to L.A.? Does the second, second city program or just the, the, the grind of that uh, conservatory, does it prep you in any way for I didn't, the I, L.A.? I, I, okay, first of all, I got to Chicago after New York because Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Brad Hall, uh, and two other guys, Gary Kroger and Paul Barras, were, were chosen for SNL because they had a group in Chicago called Practical Theater Company. You ever hear of it? No. Okay. Uh, everybody in Chicago knew of it. Right. And they were the hot, they were sort of the Steppenwolf gotcha. of Chicago comedy. Sure. Not Second City at the time. It was these guys, Practical Theater. They came to New York, did SNL. I would party with them. They said, why don't you go out to Chicago and do uh, do one of the, the, the shows? I had never improvised and we created a show that through improvisation, but we didn't improvise. Bernie Solins came to opening night, said, come to my office the next morning. I was hired for the main stage at Second City. I didn't have to go through touring company. I didn't go have to go through ETC. Wow. I didn't even have to take a lesson in improv. Come do the you show. You were that good. Do you remember feeling that way when you walked out? No, you- no, 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 no. I was a miserable improviser. And I'm still not that great. I'm fine. I know the rules. You know, I teach improv, but I don't do it a lot because I'm afraid that I'm going to get a Robin Williams in there and I'm going to say, no, 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 you got to do this. And what if I, what if I ruin his life by being a teacher and I, I, I box him in with rules? So you, I, th- th- there are other people who can teach improv. I know the rules, but I... I I'm not, I'm not that good. Uh, but believe me, there were people who, they, they had a you know an eight by 10 of my face and they would throw darts at my face because they hated me. Because here I am on main stage where everybody aspires to and I bypass everything. Wow. Yes, and I should not have. There were much better improvisers. But you weren't gonna. You weren't gonna but I was a good actor. You know, refute I, that and say, hey, like send me back down to the uh, right. To the no, trenches. I no. wouldn't do it. But what I did was I got on the job training. I after a year and a half of improvising, you got to become good. With who? Uh, like who was in your with, group? Well, there were great people. They may not be as famous as you would want. Sure. Uh, the show, but and Megan Fay and John Kapalos and Mike Haggerty, they were phenomenal improvisers and they just said, look in my eyes. Never take your attention off of my eyes. You will know what to say because it's all, all of your lines Listening are, in, too, are, right? are in my eyes. Wow. And it's true. That's absolutely true. I mean, Second City's known, I mean, Tina Fey, Steve Carell, Colbert. Yeah, well, I mean, and I worked with like Mike Myers sure. and Bonnie Hunt. And, uh, you know, even uh, um, um, oh, Chris, Farley, uh, Chris Farley. I mean, I, I no way. great people. Dave Pasquese, Joel Murray. They're, they're, they're great. Odenkirk. And, and Ryan Stiles. They yeah. were, no, I didn't work with Odenkirk, although I knew him. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff Garland and uh, uh, the king of not listening. 
Yeah. Jeff Garland can be, but when he wants to be, yeah. king of listening. Sure. What, uh, Farley, you did uh, shows with him? or just No, were, I didn't do rehearsed? shows, but I, I was around. So, sort of, he was around. I sort of knew him. I knew, I just knew a lot of these guys. But the, the killer was, is I would go back and I would see Carell and Steve Colbert and Tina Fey and Amy Sedaris. And, uh, and, and they were magnificent. They were magnificent. And I said to myself, this is the best they're going to have. They're, they're so good. They're never going to know. And I would go backstage and I would just say, you guys are great. You got to know you're great. I, I mean, go to L.A. and everything, but it'll break your heart what you're doing here. And I really thought this was the pinnacle of their careers. Wow. I was wrong. <laughs> but what I love is, is I can still remember a, a deep feeling of I was really sincere and I really felt for these people. Yeah. And I really, I just wanted to be so supportive. And I think they all hold me with fondness because I really was sincere. And I really, well, first of all, they were great because you see how great they could be. But I, I, I you know, I, and they could have been very condescending and I didn't see it. Mm. But God almighty, they were talented. But every troupe, I felt that way. I'm not kidding. Uh, um, uh, Keegan-Michael Keats, uh, the, 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 that's, he, he knew, he could see it. We're dear friends because I, I, I was so honest with him. I said, you're just great. You're just so superior mm. in, in what you're doing. And uh, then they showed how superior they could be in other aspects. I'm going to tell you something else. We, my company, in my opinion, we waited for the phone to ring. We knew we, we were good, and we waited for the phone to ring. Every successive company after about four years after mine worked especially hard. You look at at um at uh, uh Amy Sedaris yeah. and Colbert and um oh what's his name? He writes for Colbert now. Oh, he was so good and my my, my mind is going and he he, he writes no, um, no not Smigel. Oh he he went out with Amy and he, he now has oh, I, I just can't think of his yeah, name. Yeah. But he doesn't need the fame. Now he's he writes brilliant stuff for Colbert. One of the head writers for Colbert. Uh and it, it'll come to me. He he wrote all of the, the shows with Amy for uh, at home with Amy Sedaris. Yeah, um, and it, it'll come to me, but the the microphone will be off. Is it carrot but, top? Yeah, it was carrot top. That's exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> See, you're a great improviser. Uh, you yes handed uh, that. Uh, oh well, <laughs> I can yes hand with anybody. I know you can. Uh, I may not be funny, but I can yes hand. Uh, anyway, these guys wrote "Strangers with Candy." Wow. They, and they they wrote "Exit 69" or "79" or whatever yeah. it was. They got off their ass when they left Second City and said, "We're not. This is not going to be the end." We are going to create for ourselves. And they did. They, they, they did. When you got Spin City, was that, uh, I mean, that show, eight seasons? Seven? No, six. Four in, four in New York, two with Charlie in L.A. Um, I'll tell you an interesting thing about, um, about Spin City is that Gary David Goldberg had a show called Champs, uh, which was about an ex, uh, which was about high school friends playing basketball. Yeah. I so wanted to audition for it. I so wanted to, and Gary said, uh, uh, "No, no, no. I, 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 I know, uh, I, I know his work from Mad About You. I love him. He's great. He's wonderful. Not right for the show." And I couldn't get my foot in the door. Uh, that gets canceled after a year. He writes uh, with Bill Lawrence, Spin City. Right. I said, "I, I, I want to go in. I want to do it." Gary David Goldberg says, "No, I know his work. I love him. He's not right." Bill Lawrence said, "I'd like to see him." Wow. I asked to go in and read with the casting director, who was also a friend of mine, 
and uh, I wanted to work on it with her because if I'm going in, I want to impress Gary DeVoga. I I know I did so well that I said, if I get called back, I'm going to get the part. Because I, because Gary may not have liked it. That's number one. Number two, Michael is short. I am tall. Uh, number three, they may not want my type. I'm let's put it this way, urban. Uh, did they want that guy? Yeah. But if I I knew that I killed the the lines were great. They wrote a great part in Paul Lasseter, and uh, I said if I if I get called back, the part is mine. And I got called back, and the part was mine. Wow. I, I remember Michael. Jumping off his chair with laughter, he he held the side. Talking of the about chair. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Did you read with him for the uh, to, to chemistry? You read with him or what? I don't. Or he was just in the I, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I auditioned for for those guys. Then the final callback. Actually, we didn't go to network for this. I mean, when you're when you're a six hundred pound gorilla or a six ton gorilla, who the hell has to sure. to, to go to network? Yep. You know, Gary David Goldberg's calling the shots, and Michael J. Fox is yes. calling the shots. Yes. Uh, so there was no network thing, and I, but I remember him grabbing the sides of his chair and lifting himself up. He was laughing so hard. So that, it's just you remember those things, of course. And uh, you try to remember those too, right? Like you try to not. I, I, that's a very oh, special. Believe me, I I remember, I remember the special compliments of my life. If you'd like them now, I'll give them. To yes, you. please. Okay, um, give me the kind highlights. Uh I did a show that was uh, called the, uh, the Big Knife, written by Clifford Odets. I did it off on Broadway. I did it on Broadway with Bobby Cannavale. But I also did it. I did it at Williamstown, and Joanne Woodward directed it. And I'm coming out the exit, and somebody jumps on my back. Their arms are around my neck. I can't see who it is. And uh, he goes, kid, you're like a locomotive. Once you get going, there's no stopping you. It was Paul Newman. Okay, so I remember that. <laughs> and it was poetry, too. Did he give you a, a jug of dressing right after that? Yeah, right, right. Uh, he, was, uh, he was very nice. He was very, Where, very wait, nice. Wait, this... This was at Williamstown, at the wow. theater at Williamstown. And you there, there, the there is the... poetry. Kid, once you get going, uh, kid, you're like a locomotive. Once you get going, there's no stopping you. Those are the coolest compliments. When They're it's coolest. not just, you're okay. great, keep at it, you right. know? Here's, here's one of my favorites, is um, Stephen Wright. Okay, yes. guested on Mad About You. And he comes up to me because, you know, I usually hate your kind of acting, but you crack me up. <laughs> Isn't That's that the greatest? Amazing. Isn't that the greatest? I love that. Real and quick, how cool is it to be when you're a staple of the show and people come on to guest on arguably the biggest show in the country? Does it? It's not. This was the. I was only on the first year. Right, but still, you're on. But you're on. You're, I'm on you're, a successful you're, show. Yes. So when people come onto your turf, is it cool to kind of, you know, like where, you know, people oh, like love, that are love, looking at I you? I love all. But, you know, we used to have people who you wouldn't, if you knew them, you would admire them. But they were Broadway actors mm. when we did Spin City. We had the best uh, best talent guest on Spin City because they were all New York actors. Yeah. We had a woman named Kathleen Chalfont. You know that name? No. You ask any New York actor. Top five, Kathleen wow. Chalfant, she was brilliant. She was in, in the original cast of uh, of uh, Angels in America. 
She she was you know the rabbi at the beginning. They were gonna say angels in the outfield. No, no, no. But but yes, you would go to angels in the outfield. If you saw somebody in angels in the outfield, you'd go crazy because that had an effect. Angels in America and Wit, uh, which was a great great uh, uh, show. Uh, She's one of our finest actors around. She guested on the show. Nobody knew who the hell she was. You guys were fired up. not you guys. No, you guys were excited. I said, no, not you guys. Me. Nobody in the cast knew who the hell she was. Oh. I knew who she was. Okay. I went crazy. You ever hear Philip Bosco? No. No. One of our fine, I think, three-time Tony winners. He's one of our finest actors in the world. Wow. Nobody knew who he was. He, if if you ask me, who's who are my favorite actors? Yeah, you don't know who John Wood is, but he, you you know him from War Games. He was one of my favorite actors. Philip Bosco, hands down. I saw everything he did, everything. That's he amazing. was one of the finest actors in the world. He guested on our show. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and everybody else walked by. I couldn't believe it. So, so, so yes, that's that's who I. Uh, gravitate to is there a difference between uh, that you enjoy and we just got about 10 more minutes is that cool are you good i'd rather 40 <laughs> yeah yeah oh, <laughs> you best. don't know me with You're my the... ego you think i yeah. can't talk about myself <laughs> i mean again like Anybody i feel like mind? again look, the first time too that we went out and this is what i enjoy the most about getting to work you know is like uh being on set and get, being able to play and have fun material mm-hmm. but then you and i you know, we went. We both went to the gym, and we went out a little early before the cast was going to meet at the Mexican restaurant. Right, right, we right. We sat there, right, we had right, a drink, right. and that was really special because it was like, again, the one-on-one and just getting to know somebody a little bit more than deeper than than what you've just been playing around on set and having the generic get to know you stuff. Oh God, yeah, it was real cool to me. And uh, and then we had dinners, and, and Tom Lennon and everybody were all sitting around, and it was just a real good time. And By the I'm, way, how I'm, brilliant is Tom Lennon? Unbelievable. He's Unbelievable. done the podcast too. Unbelievable. And he's truly as nice, and and thank God he's nice. And and I, I I he's one of those guys who I don't have the words. I'm afraid that spittle will come out of my yeah. mouth because I want to find yeah. the words and I want to be funny and I want to be entertaining. Uh, and he's a writer, and he's, he's his mind is great. He's a great actor. Okay, yeah. yeah so keep keep going. So, but so, so like so guys, like you guys, too, setting the tone as far as wanting to hang and go out and do big castings. You know these these uh, these vets of of what we're doing really kind of set the tone. And I'm always curious. Like that was such a fun uh, extra bonus for the whole experience. But I'm sure not every set is like that. And I've even been on some sets where. You know, not everyone wants to. Yeah, but the, I'm that the, way. The big, the big dogs. I'm. Uh, look, you, 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 here, here's the thing: is that you called me. You just said I'm one of my heroes. Blah blah blah. You now know me. You know I take my pants down to yeah. take a shit. Yeah. I am <laughs> no longer a hero. I'm your friend. Yes. Okay. So things change. Which would I rather be, your hero and be standoffish, or would I rather go get a cup of coffee yeah. or go have a beer? Yes. I would rather have a beer. And uh, although I really love being loved, uh, I really love being admired, I love being adored, yeah, I'd rather be your friend. Yeah. I swear it's to God. It's way cooler. I, I, I swear I would. And by the way, okay. I've only read that you shit with your pants down. I still need to see it live to oh, believe it. I, well, if yeah. we go, okay, then let's go another hour and ten, an hour and ten, and I and I'll be able to. But uh, when you're, how important is that to someone like you to uh, be on a set and get to know the rest of the cast? If you're on for for 
whether it's five days or two weeks, like I think you're, you were there for I think for four to five, maybe a week. Yeah. But and then you and you went and golfed. And I know you hung out with. Um, oh, I got the lot. Yeah. 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 So is but is is the hang as important to you uh, for the building the camaraderie with the cast, or do you feel like you can get it done just on set? You can get it done on set if yeah. you need to. Yeah. Oh, I just I happen to like going out. Yes. You know, I mean, you do. You, you, you know. Look, there's I, a difference with like, you know, Broadway versus, uh, you know, well, shooting Broadway, a TV you want to go out. Yeah. I mean, you, you've just lived a man's life for two and a half hours in a very concentrated amount of time. Okay, uh, you you got to let go. Uh, Stockbrokers, doctors, they come home at seven at night or six at night. And they let their hair down or they yeah. watch TV. Yeah. I can't go home at 11 o'clock at night after this energy. I got to go out. Yeah. Um, here's here's the bottom, the bottom line. There's no people like show people. There's no business like show business, but there are no people like show people. They smile when they are low. I, I happen to like actors. They usually are similar in their political beliefs, in their ethics, in their likes, I usually have things in common with them, and I usually admire them. Yeah. Okay? I admire their talent. I admire life. And sometimes even people whose talent I don't admire, I can have a good time with sure. them. Sure. Like Jonathan Kite. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan, if you're listening, yeah. you're very good in impressions. Okay, yeah. what else? <laughs> that was that, Is that something you, because I know, I think it was even I, I watched an interview of you on The Bonnie Hunt Show. And she was saying that everyone who gets to know you eventually they do an has. impression of me. And I don't do an impression of me. I can do one thing. We were at a poker game, and uh, 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 they, they said uh, the, a show called The Commish was on. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. So um, I was a recurring character, and I think I was the mayor. And uh, uh, so, so anyway, so, so, so uh, they go, um, can, you, uh, can you play next week? And I go, I can't play. I'm doing a commish. <laughs> And that's the only impression I do. And I do terrible impressions, and I really can't even do me. Oh. I can't do me. So. It, it's, do, do you get flattered or do you get insulted? Oh, always flattered. Yeah, always flattered. Always flattered. David Pressman had the, well, no, no, no. no, he didn't, not an impression, but he made me laugh last night on a tweet that he did. Is uh, The New York Post uh, had an article about mysterious uh, uh, pooper mm-hmm. uh, leaving poop around in the city. Uh, and they they don't know who it is. And David Pressman tweets, "Has anybody seen Richard Kind?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's just oh, and that's just kill. He's an old, 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 old friend. Oh. I knew him before he was able to drink legally, and we used to drink at the Formosa with Matt Perry. And no uh, oh, all the years and years ago, I used to live right and, around the corner from the Formosa Cafe. Oh yeah. Oh, did yeah. you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So, so when you go, gay hookers, <clears throat> gay hookers. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when they're uh, when you go to LA now, are you just flooded with? Does every corner, every spot have a memory? Have a um, of uh, oh, I got a coffee with that person there after the oh, show. I, I, yes, it it does. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it does. Uh huh. Yeah, and and I, I'm somebody who I, I like LA for golf and for the people uh, who are dear friends of mine. But uh, I, I truly. I look at New York and I say, well, you know, the dirt here has character. The dirt in L.A., of which there is plenty, has no character. It just makes things ugly. Here, dirt has character. Wow. wow you know, wow, look at look at these people who are, the. I don't want to say the homeless, but, um, you know, a guy in a, uh, who's 
walking down the street and and needs a bath. It's just and the the the, the street corners of the I'm, my my car is now parked an eighth of an inch away from a dead rat because the <laughs> the rats go into this and it was it was it was dead yeah. and I pull up to the curb. I didn't know the rat was there and I I, I look out to see am I close to the curb. And I'm close to the rat, and I'm close to the curb, <laughs> and I just go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. But what character? Uh, yeah, you know that. The energy of the city too is, I feel, uh, you know, it's obviously it's. You have to live in it. How how long do you think to truly fall in love with uh, with New York? Well, you can do it very quickly. Yeah. How long until you not take it for granted, but uh, not say, oh my God, look at look at this, or or not say seriously only in New York. Yeah. You know, uh, I had lunch with a, with a, a dear friend uh, this afternoon, and he asked me, "Are you happy that you raised your kids here in New York?" And that's a really good question because they should have had a backyard like I had a backyard. But I make sure that they're out of town every summer for at least two months. They always get green for two months. Yeah, uh, but I th- it's what an education. We, you know, granted, their schools are great, but what an education in having to come downstairs and be forced to be nice to a doorman who is a different color, a different socioeconomic class. Yeah. They are forced to address that. And, and when they are on a subway, they are forced to move over for people yeah. who rude people in other rich people in other towns might discard, might push them aside. You got to make room for them. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way, and like it's amazing that in, on highways we thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of cars don't bump into each other more often. But we get along on the highway. Cars get along at sixty, seventy, eighty miles an hour. It's astounding. And it's astounding that people get along walking down the street and don't aren't violent, aren't, yeah. aren't bumping into each other. Yeah. We get along with each other. We we cohabitate uh, amongst up on the same floor. Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, we're, there's six eight apartments on the same floor. We live together. It's amazing. It truly is. Yeah, it's it's great. I want to um, close out by doing something with. Uh, you know, I you, have some other things to say. I have, <laughs> another, I have another compliment. No, okay. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I really am kidding. I'm, it's, I swear to God, I'm kidding. Um, go ahead. You, I, I just want to kind of name some people that I think have um, you've worked with or have been in your life, and, and so. You, and you want you want my my. Uh, well, whether it's a sentence or a word or a, a feeling or okay. a noise. Um, uh-huh. And I'm. Uh, I'm go, just, ahead. go ahead, uh, Martin Short. A pig. No, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Marty Short. Yeah. I, no, there was no better joke yeah. for Marty Short than yeah. what I just did. Yeah. Marty Short is the funniest there is. There is. There is. He. I did a movie called Clifford. Yes. And I have. Unbelievable. A, I had a scene where I had to. He, he played my son. Even though he's older, he he dressed as a little boy, and I play his father. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's time. astounding how many kids, how many people have that as as yes. thing. And and I used to do. I, I, this is an old. This is a very old reference, but in the movie Inherit the Wind, uh, um, when Frederick March at the end, who who 
plays opposite Spencer Tracy uh, has no more to, to say and he's, he's just he's knows that he's beaten and his lips go, go like this he's, he's so angry and he doesn't have to, and he goes like that I impose that in the, the in the, the, the scene uh, because I'm so angry at yeah. my son but Marty would come by he, he would have to get, you know, inch by, like you do in a movie theater, excuse me, excuse me, you know, to, to, to get by uh, people. So he'd have to get over my legs. And every time he would do it, he would just go down into my ear with the smallest, like that. Just a little fart sound. Can a little you, fluff? A little fluff. Uh, just a little fluff. And he made me laugh oh so hard and God. I couldn't laugh. I had, and the director said, Marty, don't do it. And he would still do it. He begged Marty, don't do it anymore. Just made him want to do it more. Marty could, <laughs> would kill me. He would kill me. Oh, my and God. And he used to, he had this dinosaur, and he would stick it up my nose and make my, uh, my nostrils <laughs> all large. Now, this is going to be a reference. I'm going to say the line, Please. and then I will explain the reference. Yeah. And he would do that, and he would do that, and he goes, not since Brock Peters, and which made me laugh so hard. Now, you don't know who Brock Peters no. is. Do you know the movie To Kill a Mockingbird? Very well. Of course. Who, who uh, tore up the Schiffer robe? The, an actor named Brock Peters. Try and picture his nostrils. Oh, my God. And he killed me. <laughs> he, has, he just knows Hollywood. He knows celebrity. And he has just a reference of all those people. He kills me. A sweet man, too. And the best that there is. Yeah. The finest. That's the amazing. The finest, the finest. Okay, I'm going to tell you, uh, this is something I've never told oh, I love that. anyone before. I was so proud one year to be invited to his Christmas party. And I'm friends with him, but he has not invited me since. But at the Christmas party was Steve Martin and Barry Levinson. Wow. Now, it was around Christmas time. I am not a druggie by any means. But there was a time in my life. You put down the crack pipe when you say that. I'll well, believe it a lot. Well, I, I did coke. <laughs> oh, really? And I did coke that night. Okay. And I know that those people who I so deeply, deeply admired knew that I was doing, that I had done coke. Yeah. And I was mortified. And to this day, I'm mortified. No. Have I met Steve Martin since? Many times. Yeah. I played golf with Barry Levinson. I have never told them that, but and, and certainly not Marty, but I remember, and, and I'm, I haven't been invited back to the Christmas party, and... That can't be why. And it's not why, but it's still in my heart. That's the reason why. Now, I don't, I, 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 I really was very good. Did you shit in a plant or did you, you know. No, you... no, it was the corn on the cob. And with yeah. my mouth, yeah. you know, you're going back. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, yeah. oh, my God. It was, like, it was like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> ding. <laughs> ding. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, my God. I look God. like a typewriter. Um, Bill Murray. Is one of the great, great guys. I just adore adore that guy i could tell you a weird story now how do you know that i know bill murray because i uh, never worked with him well i know you uh did garfield it's a it's a cat it's a cartoon <laughs> yeah oh my god but he, oh i also what by I, the way you know you i think i do you know the reason why he did garfield why this is a hilarious story it's hilarious i hope i'm not talking out of school no um the director of the movie, I think, is spelled E-T-A-N, e Eaton Cohen. Okay. 
okay? He thought it was Ethan Cohen from the Cohen Brothers. So he said yes. I think that's the reason. Holy shit. I know. I he made- was so good. Was he good? Yeah, Oh, he's I never amazing. saw the movie. He did well, Baloo, his Jungle Book. I'm in, uh, the, well, he's uh, great in that. Yeah. He just has the voice in... Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in, uh, Wait, so how do you... Okay, so I thought there was a maybe a relationship there. I also just assumed... There is, but it's by, by friendship. Chicago it's, guy, it's Chicago, city. it's golf, it's Second City. His brothers I know very well. Uh, I have funny stories, but I, 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 this is a long story and we don't have a lot of time, but I'll tell you sometime. Uh, a hilarious story. He is, and he's just a, uh, I just, I like him very, very much. Very much. I think he's a, a terrific guy. And uh, I just, I th- think he's great. He's, he's great. He's great. Uh, Will Ferrell. How, well, now why would you the say witch, Will Ferrell? right? Oh my God! I wasn't on set with with Wolf Hour. If you look at the the the, the show, oh, you're an IDIB, I, I, IMDb guy. Sure. Oh yeah, that's how you get your information. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, we're, oh, all right. Okay. Well, since I'm since I'm okay. Since Will I'm Ferrell, for two, Will Michelle Ferrell, Obama. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Will Ferrell, I don't know at all. Okay. Well, then at I love all. you just. I, and in Bewitched, my scenes were with Amy Sedaris, and we are looking across the street at. Uh, Darren Stevens, we are Mr. and Mrs. Kravitz at the end of the movie, and I'd never even met him wow. on set or anything like that. I uh, There has never been a bigger fan of Will Farrell's than me in my Great. life, Great. in my life. Yeah. However, early on in his career and in my career, uh, uh, I, I happen to be pretty good at reading short stories. I did a thing when I was in high school. I was in the forensics club, and I did an oral and terp. So I'm pretty good at reading a story. Uh, New Yorker used to have this thing uh, 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 of the arts where people would read uh, New Yorker uh, pieces. And I read a piece by a great author who wrote Middlesex. Mm. And it was a a short piece, and I was really great reading it. It was a great piece. And I by far stole the evening. This was before Will Ferrell was Will Ferrell. And uh, he read, and I... Started and I really want. I really liked his talent so much, and I wanted to ingratiate myself to him. And we all went out to dinner, and I wasn't able to. Uh, I didn't get near him, but I admire him so much. Yeah. Oh my God! Talk about the bravery that, that I was talking about and doing stand up, but going walking down the street. I, he's, he's fearless. Fearless. Yeah. He's So good and and inventive. <clears throat> um, Sesame Street. The best. That I was two, to, two times on Sesame Street. Holy shit! And to I me, know, I feel like that, that's like getting a shoe or a cereal on the Wheaties. But like it was, it's a badge that, of honor. That and having a caricature in Mad Magazine, be, being drawn in Mad Magazine, being was being drawn by Mort Drucker. Those were things that I really, really aspired to. And doing Sesame Street, uh, I happen to know. Uh, a, a guy who wrote on the show a lot. I happen to know a guy who directs on the show now. That's not why I got it. They they offered me, and I did two of them, and Fuck. I was thrilled. The best, right? The best. It was the greatest. It was the greatest. I I'm, I played Mister Disgracey, the owner of Disgracey's Department Store, named after Macy's Disgracey's. Yeah, yeah. And I was a mean old horrible man, and I played the balloon fairy godfather. Uh, Finally, on, on some things, and I and both costumes I own. And wear on Halloween. <laughs> yep. Are you a big Halloween guy? Are you going to get fired up for it this year? Well, I love Halloween. Yeah. And where do you celebrate Halloween? I'll probably do it in L.A. this year. Have you been to Toluca Lake? Uh, 
to trick or treat. For that's great. I've been there the past two years because I've been working. Yes. And my kids are now, th- I can do it with, maybe two years ago, I, I wish I were in New York because of my kids. Yeah. But my kids now celebrate Halloween without the parents. Sure. So, it's, so it doesn't matter. And, but I have been in Toluca Lake the past couple of years. There are parties. The, the, the costumes People are- People go all out. Are, they, it is, you know, I mean, I used to call it Yum Kipper for gays because- um, <laughs> Uh, but but in Toluca Lake, they take it. That's it's Christmas. The costumes are yeah. breathtaking. Everyone's giving out king size candy bars. And, and not only that, the great thing, I, uh, what's his name? The uh, baker um, um, does uh, in front of his house. He makes a film. That he has a film of stuff that either he admires or he worked on, and then he does the makeup like. For on his family, and and because he's the great makeup guy, and he you know he did American Werewolf in yeah. London and stuff like that. Rick Baker and he does he and his family is is uh, all made up, and they're the ones handing out. And you remember that Twilight Zone with the ugly people? Yeah, uh, his whole family was made up like that. Holy it was, shit! You know, and you see this makeup, and it's just I have pictures on my phone. It's just it's breathtaking. Well, maybe we can do a gay Yom Kipper at some let's, point let's, in let's, our yes, do a, okay. um I hope I get to see you before um, before uh, you go, before the Belden do, premiere. Oh yes, but you're gonna do uh, Radio City uh, the, this weekend. Yeah. you see that's that's fantastic. It's cool. I, I I haven't played Radio City, but when they used to do the upfronts, I yeah. once did it at Radio City uh, and stuff like that. You know, playing Carnegie Hall. Yes. or playing the Hollywood Bowl. I've I've had that, but the bowl, yeah, for the producers. I did, I did, I've done it twice, and I did a Willy Wonka. But how many times have you played Radio City? I've only been to it twice. I've never done it. This will be the You've first never time. done it. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And you're young in your career, and these things will only because you're really great. I know oh, thanks, you're a bud. great guy, and I know you're a really great actor. But seeing your stand up blew me away. Wow. Blew me away. Thanks. You Thanks. are. You are. You are. You. It's. It's a. You've mastered what you wanted to do. Wow. You're really great. As my mom says when she gets uncomfortable with a compliment, the check is in the mail. <laughs> okay, but and you know what I say yeah. when somebody can't. Hey. Take it. Look me in the eyes and just take it. You can say thank you. Just take the compliment. Okay, we're talking about compliments still, yeah. Yes, okay, so, so I'm telling you how good you are. Yeah. Look me in the eye. Say thank you. Thank you. It's okay. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Richard. I love You're you. the best. Thanks I for doing this. Okay. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast.
with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Man, what's up, dog? This is your pal Bugs Bunny. Say, uh, I got a question for you. Do you know who has the head of Elmer Fudd and the body of Foghorn Leghorn? Why, that's Adam Ray and Brad Williams. Ain't I a stinker?